Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 1, or first edition, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which in turn you received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed to you as of first importance that which I in turn received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all to one untimely born. He also appeared to me. For I'm the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim so that you have come to believe. This is the word of God, my friends, for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we gather here with open hearts to hear your words read and proclaimed, to feel your spirit fill our hearts. And so as we are gathered here in worship together during this hour, no matter whether we are here in the sanctuary or in our homes or across the world, May you fill our ears and change our hearts so that we would go forth from this place not as just hearers of your words, but as doers of your words. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. So in the crescendo scene of the movie A Few Good Men, you have that poignant moment where one of the witnesses is in the is being cross-examined. The lawyer's pushing to tell the truth, pushing to tell the truth, pushing to tell the truth, and all of a sudden, the antagonist, he says, you want the truth? And the, the attorney says, yes, I want the truth. And he says, what? You can't handle the truth. Exactly. You can't handle the truth. And so it's that moment as if he's admitting to the lawyer cross-examining him that he doesn't want to know it, that maybe even the court doesn't want it, that the nation doesn't want it. But you know what happens next? The lawyer pushes even more and he pushes more until finally the truth comes out. And it's in uttering the truth 
that the antagonist fulfills those words of Jesus in John chapter 8, which it says, the truth will set you free. Because in uttering those words that he is set free from the burden of carrying that lie, that deceit, that subterfuge, but also at the same time, the truth is setting free the Marines at the defendant's table. See, the truth, it sets a tone for living. It sets the rule for life. We think about this idea of truth in terms of our faith. It says it about who it is that we are and what it is that we are to be about. In this part of Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, he's teaching them about the nature of the gospel and he's telling them the truth, if you will, the truth in which they can anchor their lives. In which if they build their lives on this solid foundation of the truth, then everything that comes beyond it will never falter, but will stand strong and shining. See, he's teaching this church, which is finding itself, it's this next generation of believers, ones who have been far removed, some 30, 20 to 30 years removed from the events of the resurrection. No one in their midst walked with Jesus. No one in their midst saw what he did. No one in their midst saw him resurrected. They inherit the story. And so they begin to have these questions. They're trying to understand this thing that they have not seen, but they've been told about. So they raise these questions about this resurrection. What does it mean? And so what Paul does is he begins to set the tone for them to tell the gospel, the good news, if you will. The news that he himself received from Peter and James and the rest of the apostles. The good news that simply Jesus died for our sins, was buried and was raised from the dead. And then being raised from the dead, he appeared to the women and then the twelve and ultimately the apostles. But this idea of the good news is a challenge to Corinth and for us as 21st century followers who are far removed from the events of the resurrection, far removed from Jesus' ministry, to recognize the truth of the gospel for our lives to understand what it means, to realize that it's something that we have to receive and to share. That it has a great significance for our lives. And truly what it is that we build our houses upon. See, this is the kind of truth that we can handle. This is the truth that we want to know. This is the truth that will set us free. It's the truth that matters most. Think about it with me, if you will. Think of the coolest, the neatest, the most interesting life hack that someone has shared with you. you know, that thing that someone has shown you or told you that's made a difference that you never would have stumbled on on your own. So for me, one of the ones that comes to mind is a couple of years ago, I was sitting around with my friend Steve and we were talking about camping and how, you know, camping is a lot of fun, except for when you're camping and it rains and you're trying to get a fire started and you can't find enough dry kindling to get things going. He says, Glenn, all you need is a bag of Doritos or a toilet paper tube full of dryer lint. Now I looked at him and said, no, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Repeat that. He says, Glenn, if you take a toilet paper tube that's empty 
and you put dryer lint in it, you will never need lighter fluid or anything to get a fire going. Just set that at the base of your fire and light it. Now, if you happen to be in the woods or somewhere where you don't have that, the next best thing is take some Doritos or some Cheeto or Fritos out of a bag and make a little pile of those and you can light those on fire and they will become the kindling, the spark that gets your fire going. Now, I never would have thought as I'm eating a bag of Doritos, you know what would be a great idea? Yeah, you, right, exactly. You never would have thought it either. But now you're intrigued, right? All of you want to go home this afternoon and find the dryer lint and a toilet paper tube and go try this in the fire pit. Or maybe after you've watched a little bit of the Olympics, do the same thing with a few Doritos. See, what happens with these, these things is you learn something that someone passes on to you and then you can't unlearn it. And you kind of want to pass it on to someone else because it's this neat trick. I mean, look at this. I've passed this on to all of you today. You're all intrigued by it. That's exactly what Paul is telling the church at Corinth about the gospel truth. That the gospel has to be taught. It's not something that we can just figure out on our own. That it has to be taught and has to be passed down. But in being passed down, we have to receive it ourselves before we can pass it along. But he says in first verse, I proclaim to you that which I have received in which you stand. When he uses those words in which you stand, he's talking about this idea that you have this knowledge. Now you are in the light of the gospel that you've got to spread the light to the world. But he also tells this idea of receiving the gospel. See, we receive the gospel when we come together in worship. When we spend time in faith formation, whether it's in Sunday school or Bible study or through vacation Bible school or youth group or the first 15 that Brett puts together every week or in connection groups, you see, that's the best life hack of it all is that when we're together and we're learning, we find the depth of the gospel truth for our lives. The truth which sets us free, the truth which calls us forward to share the good news. But as we begin to think about that truth and we try to figure out what it means for our lives, maybe we need to figure out what its importance is first. I think back to my math class somewhere in middle school or high school or somewhere, we would do word problems. And invariably, you would get a word problem that would start off something like this. There is a train that is traveling from Los Angeles to Chicago at 75 miles an hour. And there's a train at the same time leaving Chicago at 39 miles an hour. June has a hot pot of coffee. There's a siding in Omaha and one in Peoria. And the whole time you read this going, and the question gets to how long before there's a problem. Now, I could take this several different ways. I could first go, well, I don't know. Depends on how long the line at the bathroom is, or it really doesn't matter because by the time there's a problem, the coffee's cold anyway. Or then I think to myself, why am I even studying this? I'm not going to take the train. Ever. Until I do. Why are we studying this? I'll never use this kind of math, right? These are the things we say, what's the purpose of this? And what Paul is doing is telling people the purpose of the gospel. The why they need to know this truth. Why this truth is so important to them. He impresses upon Corinth and to us that it's important because the gospel is that by which we are saved. See, we're truly set free by being saved. We're truly set free from sin. That which separates us from God. 
We're set free from the oppression of life, the time in the far country. You think about the story of the prodigal son. You know, he thought he knew what was better for himself. So he took his inheritance and he went far away because he had it all figured out for himself. But we know the truth, right? In that parable, he didn't have it figured out. He so deceived himself that he thought he knew what was right and knew better than what his parents knew, knew better than what God knew for him. So being saved from our sins is being free from the oppression of the far country where we deceived ourselves that we knew better for us than what God knows. See, it's in the good news and learning it and realizing that we are set free that realize that the light of God's grace is poured out on us every day, no matter what we do. It's just what Brett said in his prayer when he realized that he'd sort of gotten the jump, the, the words jumbled. He said, you know, Lord, we believe in grace. We're people of grace. And he was really asking all of us to have grace with that. And we did, right? Well, the same thing happens when we realize that the foundation that Paul is talking about, this truth that sets us free, is that which saves us from ourselves, from our feeble attempts to think that we know what's better for us than what God knows. So once we figured out that part of it, then we figure out what is this truth? What is this gospel? And Paul sort of leads, he uses this technique to lead us up to asking the question, well, what is it? It reminds me of being a kid, you know, in the wintertime when school was canceled after going out and sledding all morning and coming back in time just to watch The Price is Right. Or same story if I was homesick, you know, you know, figured I had to rally enough to go downstairs to watch The Price is Right because I loved it to watch Bob Barker, you know, interact with the crowd and all those kinds of things. Yes, I know I dated myself saying Bob Barker, but anyway. But I always loved the showcase showdown. And he would get to that part where, and guess what, you win up. And there was this pause and everyone's like, what did he win? What did we win? What did we win? And he would go, a new car. And everybody would jump up and down and scream and the bells and the whistles would go off. And everyone was excited about it. Well, Paul kind of does the same thing. He tells us what it matters that we receive the gospel. He tells us why it's important because we're saved, but he hasn't told us what it is yet. And then he finally does. The good news that sets us free. The gospel is this, that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and was raised from the dead. Christ died for our sins and was buried and was raised from the dead. So now we know what it is and we begin to unpack what that means in the Doctrine of, the Reconcilia Doctrine of Reconciliation, Karl Barth writes that when we begin to understand the gospel, we begin to realize that when we're dealing with Christ, we're dealing first with God. Pure and simple. Yes, he's fully human, fully divine, but he's God without sin whatsoever. And we come to grips that when dealing with Christ, that we're dealing with God in our midst, we then begin to realize that Christ was fully human. Bound by the same temptations as you and me and all of us in the world. But doesn't commit them. Doesn't give in to those temptations. Doesn't separate himself from God. Instead, humbles himself to God.
to the point of death for our sakes. That hits home. That hits right here in the heart. Because when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we realize how far we sometimes walk away from God. But God never moves. God is right there with us. We may walk away. We may step away. Our love may may have failed, but God's love remains steadfast. And so this idea of reconciliation through the cross realizes that Christ's atonement brings us back to God, pays our debt and wipes our slate clean. So this resurrection becomes a solution to sin and death for us. The resurrection means that death doesn't have the last word. It means that through grace that we have life everlasting available to us through the resurrection. That we stand in the light of God's love and grace. And that's the truth that sets us free. So as we gather for worship in this place, as we think about how we anchor our lives and what we build them on, we build them on this gospel, this good news. Because we look around in the world around us. Let's make no mistake. There are people in our midst every day looking to be set free. Maybe someone like that is sitting in this pew. Maybe you are that person looking to be set free. Free from being a prisoner to life without a purpose. Free from suffering in silence because you can't express who you are because you're afraid that no one will listen, no one will understand, or no one will care. Or maybe you're wallowing in shame over a past indiscretion or a foul against humanity. Or maybe you're just struggling to know some really good news. Something upon which to build your life. Well, friends, it's right here. It's in this place. It's at this table. The good news is simply what Paul writes. I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, in which you in turn received, in which you stand, through which you are being saved that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. And the world has not been the same ever since. See, folks, when we gather for worship, when we build our lives on that truth, when we come to the table and receive the meal of that kingdom, then we are set free. That's the truth that we can handle. That's the truth that we can take to the bank. That's the truth that we can live every day. Because we are blessed and loved by God who sets us free by his love and his grace. In the name of the Father, his blessed Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock 
or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.